Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast. This is your host, Elena, with your host, Justin. We're so happy and honored to have you listening in for either the first time or coming back to the podcast to learn more. We're so excited to have you here. Today's episode is going to be a Q&A episode, so we have an awesome question. We can't wait to dive in. So, hey, Justin, how are you today? I'm excellent. How are you today? I am doing well. Awesome, awesome. Podcast today. How many weeks do you have till you're officially a mom? Five more weeks. No, it is four more weeks. Oh my gosh, it is four more weeks. I was like, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, it's about four and a half technically, but we're getting there. Cool. Are you excited? We are very excited. I feel like you spend so much time preparing and you know shopping and getting everything situated and then you have the baby shower and you know the gender reveal and all the fun stuff that you get to do um, or that we that we did since our first baby and then you kind of get everything done and I told Greg yesterday our all the things we had to do you know we're crossing off the list all the events we had planned in between you know getting the baby getting to the due date um it's getting really thinned out. So it's kind of hitting me now that, you know, this is reality and that this thing very soon. So we are very excited and a little bit anxious, but we're very, very excited. It's a big, big step. And it's awesome. Um, you know, I can't wait to, to hear the experience and see how the podcast change or, you know, your podcasting change or your life changes or your posting changes on Instagram. I'm as you transition into full barn motherhood. So yes, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, the impact that has, it's such a big change. It's probably the biggest change, you know, you can have, um, in, in adulthood. And so I'm really excited to, to see, you know, how that ripple effects in my life and, in you know, in who I am as a person, they say people change a lot once they become parents. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. All right. What is the question today, Elena? Our question for today is what is one thing you wish someone had told you during your leadership journey? Hmm. All right. I'm, this one's pretty, I don't know when I learned it or, um, I was probably maybe 36 to 38, somewhere around there. And I wish it was something I would have learned in my twenties for sure. Definitely when I first started becoming an entrepreneur and don't get me wrong, I'm a fortunate person. My father is a great mentor, um, advisor. Um, and so, you know, something that I actually just thought of is we just recorded an episode about 
motivating, inspiring team, but a lot of it is transitioning your leadership and bringing in new leadership to have new ideas. And so to this topic, um, what do I wish I would have known then? There's a few things I wish I would have known then. Um, gosh, what's one though? It's a good question, Lena. Can you think of anything in your life that you wish you would have known now that you would have, that you know now that you wish you would have known a few years ago? I think, you know, reading this question is really interesting because I could take this question and, you know, do my own content on it with talking about, you know, pregnancy or talking about, you know, being in your twenties, you know, there's so many things in life that you don't know until you experience yourself. And so many times people, you know, want to be able to point fingers and cast judgments on other people when they've never walked, it sounds cliche in their shoes. They've never lived their life. And, you know, when we're asking about leadership journeys, you know, one thing you wish someone had told you, uh, I think it's always hard when someone asks you one, what is one thing, right? No matter what, or if someone asks you, what would your three wishes be? And you always say, you know, for a hundred more wishes, right? Cause it's really hard to narrow things down, especially on the spot with this question. Um, but what is one thing you wish someone had told you in your leadership journey? For me, if I'm just going right off the top of my head, um, I would say that, you know, you never feel, and I think this isn't just for leadership. This probably goes for every other aspect of life. Like you never feel like you, you reach the top or you never feel like, you know, it all right. Cause once you reach one goal, you feel like, okay, when you are, wired to be a leader, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur to be a leader. You could just be, have a leadership mindset in your household or with your family or in the gym, whatever it is for you. You could have a nine to five job where you're an employee and you're totally satisfied with that yearly salary. And that's all you ever want. But when you go to the gym, you set these huge goals and that's your passion, right? So it doesn't really matter if you're what kind of leader you are, where you see leadership. But I think no matter what it is, when you're wired that way to always want more and push for more, you have a really hard time, or at least for me, you have a really hard time settling and being like, okay, reach the goal. Now it's done. You know, okay, this is it for me. Because once you reach goal one, you're like, okay, well, what's next. And you know, now I've reached this level. What is everyone around me on this level pushing for? So it it never stops. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I wish, not that I wish I knew, but I didn't really know, uh, especially in college or in high school, I thought people, you know, they achieved, they, they were super wealthy and, you know, they had, they were a CEO and they had all this stuff and they had a huge house and, you know, nice cars. And that was it for them. But the older I got, the more I grew up and kind of actually met people who lived those lifestyles. Um, and I grew up, my dad was wealthy growing up and he was an entrepreneur and he came from Lebanon with nothing and, you know, built a car business with my mom. And, when you're a kid watching that, you think it's just the norm and they just go to work every day and whatever. But as you grow up and you become an adult yourself, you have a new understanding of like, okay, when they reached one goal, they didn't just stop there. It was always pushing for more. You're never satisfied, I guess. And sometimes it's negative, but I think it's also a positive thing too. I love that. I think you're 100% right. I'm going to cross talk a little bit on what you said, and then I will go into mine that I think is the main one, but I agree with you, Elaine, and I think that um, so often people get married and that's the accomplishment and it ends there, or the children are the accomplishment sort of ends there versus looking at it long-term. 
um, in the in your leadership journey. I mean, I think the biggest mistake most individuals make in their leadership journey is personal. I don't think it's usually career related. I think it's like we make personal decisions and they impact us in some way that, or impact our family in some way that ultimately vibrates throughout our life or echoes throughout our life or, you know, ricochets throughout our life, however we want to look through look at it. And, um, but I agree, it's like you have to continue to continue moving goals or there's no purpose for the couple or there's no purpose for the family and families that fall apart or divorces and all that. A lot of it is that there's not a purpose anymore and there's not a drive and it's not remembering that there's forever and we need to get through this and how do we work through it? I mean, there's irreconcilable differences. I agree. But what, by the time it gets to that point, there's so many things that, that the couple could have done different speaking in my own experience. And so this is a good tie-in to what I believe is the most important thing someone told me um, that I wish I would have known at, actually I was probably 33, 34. And I had a really good mentor at the time, a group of mentors, and I was rising up and I was spending a lot of time in New York City and I was in graduate school and I was going around the world with the one MBA program. And my life, like my business where I was suffering and I wasn't being able, I was, I want to say this, I was doing well. I managed school, I managed work, I managed my personal life, but I was still suffering in that I felt out of balance. And I felt something wasn't right or whatever. And obviously I'm divorced now, but that being said is the people you choose starting right now in your life and whether it's family or friends or your actual marriage, that is as a leader, the craziest thing to me what happens. And I will tell you 24 years later in my experience, and I've had two major relationships, you know, I'm with Deborah now the last almost nine years. And then I was married and in a relationship for about eight years ish in there. And then whatever amount of years of going through a divorce. And so I've had two different relationships, two different major ones live with two different women. And built in companies as an entrepreneur. And here's a funny thing. And I've watched it in other entrepreneurs and I've watched it with everyone else. And I learned it myself, but I wish someone would have told it to me. And I knew about character because of, you know, the school I went to and going to the high school and building character and men and playing soccer. But what I didn't realize is no shit the relationships I choose in my life reflect in exactly my business. The, if the, if I'm, if Deborah's very driven and, and, and organized and very, uh, can be emotional, but also matter of fact, like that's the type of women that now work at the company and everyone's going to be like, how does that happen? And discrimination, you're just picking her. I'm not talking about the way she looks. I'm not talking about color of skin, religion, whatever. It's just that drive type of mindset. And it's the same. The male friends that I have in those relationships are the same way I lead. Okay. In my work. And it may not be as personal or 
like in my relationships are obviously not sexual that they are at work because that's what it is with Deborah and it's not a but we vibrate those same type of relationships and we guide our relationships with individuals based on the way we manage our homes. And the more we align our character to all of those things and understand that whatever we vibrate or we work on or we discipline ourselves to is what really attracts everyone to our business, to our leadership, to the skill set, to the loyalty, those who are loyal over long periods of time, it's not that they're the same as you are mimicking you, but it's that your relationship and your success is also based on how well you guys are a team and how conducive you are. And that doesn't mean they like you, everything you say, or they don't challenge you. That's not what I'm talking about in an organization. But what I am talking about is if you look at the type of relationships you value, the ones that make you grow, that challenge you, that you're also growing as a couple, that you're also growing in your friendship, that you're not just drink, getting drunk or playing golf on weekends with your buddies, that there's actually more value there in some way, then the value comes to your business. Then the value also comes to the people you lead. And it's so crazy to me that it's so tied together. And it is so reflective of leadership. I can see the employees that have been with my dad for, you know, 20 plus years. And I know the employees have been with me for 20 plus years. And I know the ones who have left as I also went through a transition because as I transitioned the way and the, my growth and all that became hard on some of the people that work for me. No different than the friends that were my friends as everything tra transitioned and I grew. It's the same thing. And people are like, oh my God, since so they don't want to work here anymore. And I'm all about long-term sustainability. And I don't, I want employees to work here forever. It's just not true. You want to try to grow everyone. And maybe I didn't grow them pro properly. And that's my fault during the process. And that's what happened. True. It is my fault in some ways. But what just happens is if you're growing as an organization or you're always diversifying or you have clients go or come or disasters or economic disasters cause clients to leave your business shifts and your core set of employees and loyal um, team members may be the same, but generally you always have a rotating support of support staff or support team members that support the, the all-stars and all-stars aren't hitting home runs. The all-stars are the ones who long-term have discipline to lead. So what is the thing I wish I learned the most is the friendships I chose and the marriage I chose directly related to my profitability as a business. It directly related to my profitability in terms of happiness in my life or content, I should say, which is funny because I'm uncomfortable most of the time being an entrepreneur on purpose to constantly be singing up per opportunity. I'm scared to be too comfortable because I don't want to let my guard down. But what I wish someone would have told me is that if I would have really looked at the relationships, really looked at what I wanted, really mapped out my life, what would that have looked like? And I was so busy chasing the money and the success and the dream and, you know, the distortion of keeping up with the Joneses as a successful human um, 
and trying to be successful in a relationship and constantly compromising that I, um, that the business ultimately suffered once those things started to suffer as a reflective reflection of the leader. And when they say team members are a reflection of the leader, yep. You know, so what do I wish I would have known different? Like all my actions, all of them, the way I work out, the way I do whatever. If I'm working out and I'm in good shape, generally the employees start catching on and they're getting in better shape and eating better and doing whatever. When I slack, it literally ripples right through it. It's the craziest thing to me. And I see it on such a scale now. It's, it's unreal. And how I think we're so caught up in the phone or so caught up in our lives and keeping up with all the tasks and all the emails and all the texts and all the phone calls that we lost track of what it actually is that makes people successful, that actually generates money and what generates the vibration of people wanting to do business with you. Like here, you know, it's, we just do things well and we vibrate enthusiasm and challenge and, you know, we're always willing to take it on and people just come in the door generally now, whether it's Union City or Milledgeville, which is a good problem to have. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Elena, but I really, anyone who's listening and anyone, like you're talking about, it's not only an attraction, it's a best friend. And it's not only a best friend, it's a soulmate. And it's not only a soulmate, it's a business partner. And it's not only a business partner, it's your, you know, a legacy partner. And it's not only a legacy partner, but it's your leading, a leadership partner in your life and as a family and what you represent. And the more aligned you are as a family and as a couple, the more you radiate greatness and the more successful your family is financially, period. It's the weirdest thing. And everyone's like, oh, it's not concrete. And why aren't you saying, check, check your balances and, you know, why, you know, do financially wise investments. And that's how you need to do it. And why don't you talk about those are the things you learn? Because all of those things happen once you start getting honest and being real in your relationships and choosing your relationships wisely. It's the truth. And even that, I'm still learning it. I'm horrible at it, right? I played on sports teams. I'm a highly successful human. I like winning. You know, I'm generally hard on people when they're not winning or I feel we're not contributing to win. I'm a hard person to be around. It's not that I hate losing. I do hate losing, but I love winning. I love the feel of it. I love doing it. And I love that it starts all over the next day and I have to go try to get it again. But it starts, that mentality means I've got to have someone that can keep up with that. That mentality means that if I'm so good at being an entrepreneur and I'm so good at hitting the gas, I have to be both good at making money and managing money but what someone never told me is whatever you choose, your spouse or person should probably be the opposite. But they should at least be one of those things because a person that's neither is going to blow all of your money and you're going to have that stress for the rest of your life. Trust me. Being both the entrepreneur and the money maker and the money manager doesn't mean both of you don't work. Doesn't mean maybe one doesn't make, but which one in a crisis is going to be the breadwinner and which one's going to be the manager of it all? 
because crisis means you've got to divide up tasks as a couple. Just think about it, have the conversation. It doesn't mean both of you don't want to work, but I can tell you crisis happened with kids, crisis happens in life and what you think happened or whatever. It's why single parents are fucking incredible. It's usually better to divide and conquer. But, you know, and why in divorces, it's really important that the, the divorcing parents still get along so they can divide up the tasks for the success of the humans that they're raising, known as their children. But I think like that's the most important one. I mean, what are your thoughts, Elena? I agree. I think all of that made made it really complete uh, conversation with where we started from and how it is hard, you know, to choose a specific thing when there are probably so many that are important, um, that you wish that you knew. And I think everyone's experiences, you know, in their own lives affects what they wish they had known because they always say, you know, when you're looking back, things are always more clear. If I had just known this, then things would be different. Um, if I had known how, you know, that decision would turn out all of these different examples, but I think that that is very helpful for, for people who are upcoming leaders or experienced leaders and also helpful for those to think about who may have not thought about this topic before or how they can, you know, teach what they wish they knew to their teams and to the people that they're leading. I think that that is, uh, very, very important. I agree. And I think the, you know, the main thing is, is how we live our lives, right? Like how we choose to live it and how we choose our partners and our friends is important. And I think a lot of us are just want to be loved and just want to have a loving relationship and just want the happily ever after so bad that we rush into things. And you know, there's just a lack of this in relationships, especially as people get older, is the passion, the the romance, the, the things that light everything up because the kids and the routines, they make things stagnant. And it's like you have to schedule romance and you have to schedule quality time together. And the couples that really survive and really do well as entrepreneurs that I've seen go off balance every once in a while, but they figure out how to manage life. And my parents were both business people and, and my mom, especially entrepreneurial, my dad, eventually more so entrepreneurial as time went on, but knowing the way they juggled everything in a horse farm and to Elena's point, always set higher goals and more goals. Um, it was important. And so like having that, like, if that's what you want, you have to choose it. You only get one chance to choose it. And it's so cliche. And it's like every graduation speech across America and we all hear it and we all do it. And I probably heard it myself five times, but that doesn't mean I wish, you know, wish I would have known it. Like I didn't know it just because I heard it doesn't mean I didn't know it. And if it was told me, told to me, it wasn't something that I realized for whatever reason, or I thought I was making the right choices, or I didn't see it as, you know, I see life funny sometimes. I'm like, oh, I need to cherish the moment and make sure I spend time with people. And it's about the quality of that life. 
Um, however, it's about spending time with the right people, not just the people who happen to be in your life or just because you went to college together doesn't mean you should still be friends now if there's not a benefit to that relationship and it's not mutual, you know? So like I said, I will tell you as I've started pretty much drinking almost no alcohol in my thirties or a few years here and there, but you know, almost four years now. Um, it's interesting who, because alcohol plays such a part of society, who your friends actually are, you know, and who actually supports you and your family when you make decisions like that, like how many people would tie who you are to how much you drink or when you drink, or if you go out drinking based on who you actually are. It's an interesting thing. So those are the things I'm talking about. You realize things like that. It's not on purpose. I just, my, I got tired of it. I wanted to clear head. I didn't like not knowing what was in there. So the potato and the gluten allergy, and it just was like, and then my childhood, and we all know what happened there once I started identifying it from episode 12. So I'm like, screw this. But the weirdest part is, is I'm doing it for the benefit of me. I'm doing it for Justin, but everyone's reaction, like I'm talking like everyone at first, like a big effect, like you're going to do what, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do when you go out? How are you going to talk to people? What are you going to do? Like, I'm just like, whoa, like, it's just like, okay, well, there's this tie to, okay, I can't talk to people and I won't have the courage unless there's everyone, like all these things, everyone through every single fear they had at me, right? So it's just what I'm saying is what is the football that's going to be my character and how many people, no matter who they are, do I have to Heisman in my life to make sure I protect that dream. And it is a lot about putting on your mask before you can put it on for anyone else, especially as an entrepreneur and especially in business, you have to do that. And if you want your employees and your team members and the people that you lead to have good lives, you have to model it because it's contagious and people mimic you uh, leaders all the way through. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Lena. That was awesome. And uh, I'll let Lena close this up and take us home. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate um, all that you have done to support our growing podcast. Please continue to give us the ratings and reviews and share with your friends or other leaders, whether they're on your team or in your company uh, or just friends that, you know, who are aspiring leaders as well. We'd love to have them join our community. You can also sign up to be in our email list. We will put that link in the description below. And we hope to have you listen in again soon. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone.